93.3 FM, KLRZ, La Rose, New Orleans, and the River Region. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Local sports, national sports. The G-Cat is on it. Oh, you made a wise choice, my friend. Now, settle up for a tall glass of sports talk. Here's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Hola, amigos. It is another day. It is Tuesday, May 10th. Welcome to the show. 800-998-1003. As the way to chime into the conversation, buddy, back over the LaRose Studios will tell you hola. He picks up the phone. Give him your name and let's chat. If you'd like to join us via social media on our questions of the day, got two of them today. You can do so at ESPN Radio NOLA. And I will give you those two questions of the day here as well. In a quick second, your guest list today, 1215, Mr. Chris Blair as LSU gets back on the diamond following their series win against Alabama. They will take on SLU, the Lions. Getting back into the thick of things as they had a very nice weekend. And when I say the thick of things, I'm talking about the Southland Conference baseball standings. If you missed yesterday's show, got a two-way tie now between McNeese and SLU. They lined up. Uh, it, they're 12 and 9 in conference play. UNO, Nichols, they got, um, swept over the weekend. And Northwestern State and HBU all are next at 11 and 10. A game. Separating four teams from first place. Now, A&M Corpus Christi, nine and twelve. UIW seven and fourteen. So, needless to say, with two weekends, with, with just you know, uh, Sunday will decide essentially one weekend left to find out who will be the Southland Conference regular season champion. It's in, it's incredible. So, and again, coming up on Thursday, we'll hear from head coach Matt Reiser and also Mike Silva as they get ready to. Get going in that series, so it'll be fun to to hear from the coaches about how close everything is. Tulane also going back on the diamond here, as they will face South Alabama. They faced the Jags back on April twenty sixth and lost eight to one. Corey Glor, voice of the Tulane Green Wave, will join us at one thirty. So we'll speak with both voices of the Tigers and the Wave, find out about their baseball teams and where they currently are. Will Guillory. Will join us at 1.15, and Will and I will chat about the NBA playoffs and also this individual who continues to just live his best life. You may have heard of him, Jose Alvarado. He was on NBA TV yesterday while they were doing the games and talking, and he was asked about... Zion Williamson and the return to the Pelicans. What kind of team will it make them? Make a little noise. Uh, with that being said, Zion's obviously a big part of the picture moving forward. For what sure. kind of intel can you give us? I know you've seen him play a little bit. What do you expect next year? Do you have any sense of when, it? If we get him back or when we get him back, uh, we won't be just a playoff contender team. We'd be a championship contender team. I really think that, you know, we got young cats that, you know, ready to go at it, you know. Uh, we got B.I. playing on the high level, J.V. You know, we got some guys that's ready to um, try to start winning more games. How about that? Jose Alvarado, championship contending team. Again, look, we've been talking about this the last couple of days, right? I mean, it, it was one of those things where I'm like, man, I how do I think about this? Like, legitimately and, and, and realistically, right? I'm, I'm looking at games five and six, and I'm like, man, I know they had Devin Booker for one and not Devin Booker for another. 
But even regardless, I'm like, man, I, I, I just keep thinking to myself with what I saw on the court, with what I saw in the stands with you, Pelicans fans. I'm like, could they not have maybe beaten them? And again, I think it's about matchups a lot of times on what kind of matchups you do have. I, cause I thought the Mavs, for some reason, they're just a bad matchup. Now granted, uh, it's who guards Luca. I don't think anybody can kind of guard Luca. You've kind of seen him. Um, when he didn't play, what that series was like, and when he did play, what he's been like. But for some reason, I, I think Dallas's size and things like that, Pels kind of have it. I don't know how it'll be with Zion and stuff, but I, I thought the Pels matched up, as strange as it sounds, with the Suns better. But again, I'm just looking at the postseason. It's going to be something that I'm going to ask throughout the show here today as well, as we continue to talk about the playoffs. And really, the two games last night and the two games today. But again, Jose Alvarado on NBA TV. Now, they share that studio, right? It's all together, the Turner, TBS, NBA TV, and of course, TNT. Well, last night on TNT during the Celtics-Bucks halftime report, this took place, which was kind of interesting and, and, and funny, where if you know... What takes place, uh, during halftime, Kenny Smith always heads out there. Uh, well, and does I've a been little video. I've beating y'all so easily just running. I, I figured like, I well, could beat y'all to the board with the basketball. <laughs> it's lovely Shaq. I could just beat everybody to the board. Oh, oh, oh no. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no. I got no, it. Alvarado is everywhere. Oh, <laughs> everywhere. Grand Theft Alvarado. The Alvarado is yeah. everywhere. Oh, wow. <laughs> what From up, the baby? New Orleans Yeah, yeah got him. Kenny Smith was dribbling the basketball. I obviously was uh, set up for that. But, yes, uh, Jose Alvarado getting a little love. On TNT at halftime on the NBA on TNT and stealing the ball in classic Alvarado, Grand Theft Alvarado way coming from behind and, and grabbing it and getting to the top of that video board. I love it. I mean, again, it, it, it's just crazy to me, isn't it? How the narrative has changed and how you feel. Not only us, obviously here in New Orleans and then on the show and on the station and everything. I mean, we, we love the Pels, but. It's so great. It, it's like it, it. It's heartwarming. I love it. I love it. I saw a comment or two. Your 15 minutes are up. I, I don't think so. I think he's only going to get better. Now, next year, players probably will be paying attention when those steals come, but it's going to make it even better when he actually does do it. Look, this is what I love about it. that You're seeing him getting that attention and talking about the Pelicans. You're seeing the network, right, the NBA, wanting to be a part of that and, and asking him to be a part of that. And... It's a positive thing. It's nice. It's nice because most of the time on that show, it's been about Zion and pizzas and this and that and the guys laughing during highlights talking about, you know, when CJ McCollum showed up and, you know, he eats differently. And and now it's completely different. It's completely different. I mean, the question to Jose Alvarado, you know, wasn't, Hey, will Zion stay? Are you worried about him coming back? Do you, do, no, it was, what kind of team will you be when he, when he plays? And then at halftime on the other network, it goes to the other studio and he, he does his patented, I'm stealing it from behind you move. Oh, Kenny Smith. I love it. I, it's, it's so cool to see how that narrative and how the league and people view the Pelicans. So that's, that's cool. I just wanted to bring that to your attention and play that because 
I love it. Now to the playoffs last night. And we'll talk with Will Guillory about not only Jose Alvarado doing that, but also what are we seeing right now in the postseason? And, man, look, I, it, it's hard because I'm enjoying it. Look, I'm watching it, and I kind of feel officiating, flagrant fouls, injuries have kind of been the storylines in these games. Some have been close, but I, I just, right, don't you feel like that's kind of taken the – the storyline a bit here. Now the Celtics even up the series with the Bucks last night in Milwaukee, winning 116-108 thanks to Al Horford. Uh, Horford hit a career high in the postseason, just career everything. I mean, 30 points, 8 rebounds, 3 assists, and apparently something Giannis did, uh, set him off, which, which, which was kind of interesting that that would, I guess, motivate him. And, what happened was Giannis apparently looked at him, huh? No, I'm kidding. I'm not. Yeah, I don't really know what he said to me, but the way he was looking at me and the way that he was going about it uh, really didn't sit well with me. And and at that point, I think just something switched uh, with me. Um, and then in the game, there, there it is: thirty points, five for seven from three. The guy couldn't miss. Eleven to fourteen, three or four from the free throw line. As I mentioned, eight boards. Three steals, a blocks, he went Superman. I mean, so apparently a Giannis stare set him off. That's, that's what it was. Tim Legler, ESPN. Al Horford is one of the most, he's always been one of my favorite players. I think he puts on a hard hat, goes to work every night as an undersized center in this league all those years. It takes a lot to get him to respond. Mm-hmm. Just the fact that he was looking at Giannis, nodding his head, saying, okay, okay you got oh, me. that's how okay. it's going to yeah. be? All right, it's that kind of party. All right, I got something for that. And he responded to that. Says a lot about the character of Al Horford. It's also amazing to think a guy that's been this good throughout his career is playing probably the best offense I've ever seen him play. And he's about to turn 36. It, it is funny, though, isn't it, that uh, it, it takes a player staring at you <laughs> to... <laughs> um, I, look, whatever, sometimes people get motivated in a number of different ways. But yes, apparently a Giannis stare motivated Al Alford to, uh, to, to play and to be his best player. I don't know. Jay Will on the situation. It felt like this team really missed Chris Middleton last night because their offense was everybody stand around and watch Giannis play. But Giannis barking at Al Horford literally woke Horford up for him to explode for a playoff high in 30 points in this game and open up the floor offensively. That allowed Jason Tatum to go to work down the stretch. There you go. So just just giving you a heads up there as to um, how people are looking at it from that perspective. Uh, so that series is tied. 2-2. Two, two. Grizzlies and Warriors last night in Golden State, and they win 101-98. to Now, in this game, in the big storyline out of this, obviously, Ja didn't play. But this was a game that many, if you watched or if you hear nationally, feel that the Warriors yeah, escaped, got away with one. Um the Grizzlies could have had this one. And, and again, we talked about this yesterday. It, it's incredible. The, you know, with Christian Clark, the, the record that the Grizzlies have had without Ja. And again, that's one of the things that I keep saying. It, it's that next step next year with the Pelicans. Um, they struggle without B.I. this year. Now, again, they didn't have C.J. McCollum. Maybe it'd be different with CJ. Maybe it'd be different with CJ and Zai. 
you know, Zion Williamson and stuff, but I, I, I hear you, but it, it's hard to not have one of your, your top players, right? And I think one of the things that you see when the Warriors didn't shoot well and they didn't, like Clay Thompson was 0 for 7 from 3. He was 6 of 20 at 14 points. Steph Curry finished with 32. was 4 of 14 for 3. He missed 10. He was 10 of 25. So, as a team, they shot 24% from three-point land. They shot 40 overall as a team. So, when you look at it from that perspective, they probably, that was the game to steal, if you're Memphis. That was the game to steal. Jay Will on that. This series is over. And for me, I'm frustrated because Memphis gave the game away. Steve Kerr, two hours before the game, gets a COVID positive. He is out. You have <laughs> Stephen Curry and Clay Thompson combined for 35% shooting from the field, 19% from the three-point line. Jordan Poole, 4 of 12 for only 14 points. They were giving the game to Memphis to take. You're up 12 in the fourth quarter. I know there is no John Morant, but the Grizzlies gave that game away. That's the thing that's frustrating about this for a young team. They had it, and they gave it away. Mm. So, again, it's one of those things. When you play teams, and can you take that next step? Can you steal it from there? But they uh they get the win. Warriors, and they're now up 3-1. 76ers in heat tonight. Series is even up at 2-2. Miami, a two-and-a-half-point favorite. That game is at 6.30 on TNT. The following game or the game after that, of course, 9 o'clock. Mavs and Suns back in Phoenix. That series is 2-2. Phoenix, a six-point favorite. Let's just ponder this because we're going to go to break here in a second and bring in Chris Blair and talk LSU baseball. But at 12.30, I'll bring this back up and I'll do our questions of the day. But just think of this, too. It's not a question of the day. Just just asking you. Um, if you had a pick right now, just based off of what you see with the series. We got three of them at 2-2. Celtics Bucks 2-2. Mass Suns 2-2. 76ers Heat 2-2. Very well could have been Grizzlies Warriors 2-2. It's 3-1. And it could have been the other way around too. Because in game one, Memphis had a chance to win that game. If you had to pick right now, I gave you some free bets on the DraftKings Sportsbook app, which I'm about to get into here. But if you had to pick one on the East and West, who's who's making the finals right now based off of what you're seeing? Celtics, Bucks, 76ers, Heat. Who do you think's making it to the finals right now? We can even go who you think's winning the rest of the series. But right now, who do you think's representing the East based off of what you've seen? I think a lot of people feel the winner of the Celtics and Bucks will go to the finals, huh? I, I kind of feel that way, too. To be honest, Grizzlies, Warriors, Mavs, Suns. Out of those four teams remaining in the West, who do you see going to the finals? Realistically, think about it. We'll talk about it again here at 1230. But as I just mentioned, go ahead, pull up that DraftKings Sportsbook app and each and every game. You can do some parlays, same game parlays. It's always fun. You can pick the player. How many points? Will it be under 30, under 29? Look, the more legs you add, the more money you can get, and you get a bigger payout. And all customers can place a same game parlay with three or more legs, get a free bet back up to $25 if one leg doesn't hit. If you're a new customer, we're going to help you out here as well. 
Use the promo code LaRose, L-A-R-O-S-E. That is where our station is based out of. That's why we came up with it. $5 on any team to win. Get $150 in free bets if they do. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. You can trust them. It's the official sports betting partner of the NBA. Have some fun while you watch the games tonight. 76ers in heat, Mavs and Sun. When we come back, the voice of the LSU Tigers, Mr. Chris Blair, will touch on a player that is absolutely smoking hot for the Tigers as they take on the Lions tonight. It's the Sports Hangover on ESPN New Orleans. Spring is finally here. At Greg LeBlanc Toyota in Homa, we're ready. With truckloads of fresh inventory arriving daily, plus fantastic deals like the all-new redesigned 2022 Toyota Tundra or the fuel-efficient class-leading MPG with Camry and Corolla. Greg LeBlanc Toyota is also giving you top dollar for your trade. Go ahead and shop the inventory online now at GregLeBlancToyota.com. These outstanding deals won't last long. Nope. Greg's got the deals. Shop South Hollywood Road Homa. RTC, ETEL, and Vision have always led the way in communications. A network built for every possibility. Internet, TV, voice, and security. And now, we're moving faster than ever before, propelling us forward into the future. That's what we call revolution. And the revolution is closer than you think. RTC, ETEL, and Vision are now Rev. New name, same company. Learn more at letsrev.com. The other day, someone said they saw a roach the size of a nutria down around Cutoff. I don't know about that, but nasty pests like roaches, termites, ants, and spiders are running wild up and down the bayou. If you got bug problems, call Terminex and the Bayou Boys, Dan and Billy Foster. They'll be there in a jiffy to protect your home or business. So whether you live up the bayou or down the bayou, Terminex is here to get rid of bugs any size. So call those Bayou Boys. They'll get you, get you Terminex tough. Want more from your bank? Open a Cajun Pride checking account at State Bank and Trust Company and enjoy the benefits. Unlimited check writing, overdraft protection, online banking, mobile banking, debit card, ID theft assistance, safe deposit box discounts, prescription drug discounts, shopping, travel, entertainment discounts, and much more. Call or come in for more information about applicable fees and terms. State Bank and Trust Company. Cajun Banking. Served just the way you like it. State Bank and Trust Company. Member FDIC. Give us a hot spoonful of your opinion. Now back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. Cruz, another home run for the Tigers center fielder. That's going to make it 12-2 LSU. That's Mr. Chris Blair back over the weekend in Tuscaloosa, voice of the LSU Fighting Tigers, LSU Sports Radio Network. Sir, good afternoon. How are you, Chris? Hey, Gus. Long time no speak. Hope you're doing well. I'm doing well, sir, and apparently the LSU baseball team, at least offensively, is doing well. I know Dylan's part of that, but uh, always nice anytime you can go up to Alabama and get some wins, right, Chris, especially uh, over there. But how big was that series win over the weekend for LSU? It was big, I mean, because you've carried it now three weekends in a row, Gus. I mean, you, you swept Missouri, you took two out of three from a good Georgia team. Uh, at home, and then you go on the road against another team that's really been up and down this season but have had their moments. Uh, Alabama's certainly capable, a very talented team. 
and you're able to go on the road and for the second time this year take two out of three in SEC plays. So now when you add all of that up, uh, you're looking at, what, seven out of the last nine uh, in conference play that you've been able to win. And, you know, this is the time of the year when you need to do that. You know, we got a weekend coming up against Ole Miss at home, and then you finish next weekend in Nashville against Vanderbilt. Yeah. Uh, but to be trending in this direction, uh, going into the final week and a half, two weeks, is uh, certainly where you want to be. Speaking with Mr. Chris Blair, voice of the LSU Tigers at LSU Tigers Voice, LSU taking on SLU tonight over at the box. You know, Chris, it's interesting because obviously when Coach Johnson came in, his offense and what they were able to do is one of the reasons so many people were really looking at this team this year and getting excited about it. The SEC is pretty good. You know this. A lot of, a lot of teams in the top 25. And you look at LSU and in several offensive categories, there, there's a lot of twos next to it. Batting average, second in the league, slugging percentage, on base percentage, total bases, runs scored, RBIs, all number two in the SEC, third in home runs and fourth in doubles. What, what, why have they been able to really uh, get that c- kind of offensive output? Is it just simply the players? Is it philosophy or is it everything just coming, coming together at the right time? Well, I think it's the philosophy. I mean, you know, if you, if you follow Jay Johnson's career, um, you know, his teams have always hit the ball well. They put a big emphasis on it. They work on it, you know, every single day, uh, every player, regardless of what they did at the beginning of the season, middle of the season, they're still working uh, to get better as we sit here today. They're probably already gathering over at the box. Uh, they'll have kind of a mini practice, uh, kind of a walkthrough, if you will. That's that football heritage coming out. And Jay Johnson, his father, was a longtime football coach. So they'll do, even before they get to batting practice and, and infield, they're going to do a little least walkthrough today to get ready for the game tonight. But it's all just improving every single day. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I think it also starts, as you pointed out, with some pretty good talented kids that had the raw tools coming into LSU. Um, you know, you think of a guy like Josh Pearson out of West Monroe. You know, Jay Johnson said when he got to campus last summer, it was evident that he had really worked on his skills, got a beautiful swing, has all the mechanics down. But there's room to get better, and we've seen Josh get better. A lot of that had to do with experience, but he's also working on his swing constantly. Uh, so it's an offensive team that I don't think comes as a you know a big surprise. Um, you know, at times there's been some inconsistency, and I think that's frustrated fans. It certainly has frustrated uh, the team itself and the coaching staff. But overall, you're right. I mean, when you look at SEC numbers, you're going to see LSU in those offensive categories that most people rely on the most to tell you how good a team you are. And they certainly are one of the best offensive teams, not only in the SEC, which happens to be the, the best conference in college baseball, but they're one of the best hitting teams in the country. Yeah, and Chris, if you want to get wins, though, the guys on the mound have to do the job. Among the top in the SEC are getting better, right? Is the pitchers, fewest walks, third in the league, Team RA, fourth. Batting average, opponent batting average, fourth. Fewest runs, fourth. It's nice to 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 kind of see everything start to come together because, look, whether it's injuries or just struggling sometimes to find placement on the mound, you got to have guys. Starters are important, but really when you look at the Alabama series, too, it's the guys that come in in the middle relief and, and kind of stabilize things and get your offense a chance to be able to get some runs. Right, Chris? Absolutely. I mean, you know, you look at a team now that's currently tied in the SEC West, a traditional very tough division of the SEC. Uh, and you're doing it basically without a true weekend starter. Now, I say that, and I love Mikael Hilliard, and there's been a few games where he's been able to go deep, 
Um, but even with Mikhail, he kind of sets the tone. Um, you know, you can pretty much rely on him for four or five innings. Now, he's gone deeper, but typically you'll get four or five innings out of him, and he's going to compete. He's going to give up maybe four or five, even possibly eight runs, um, eight hits, but maybe he's only going to give up one or two, three, four runs. And again, with this offense that we just talked about, you know, opponents are not going to be very successful if all they can muster is three to four runs off the starter. Uh, so, you know, you're looking at a team that's been successful winning games and really one of the few in the league that really don't have, uh, you know, solidified SEC starting pitchers in the sense that we've all become accustomed to. And that's a credit, again, to Jason Kelly, the pitching coach, and also Jay Johnson, who works very close with the pitchers, and the ability to be able to piece it together. And, you know, look, Saturday he had to pull Blake Money without recording it out in the bottom of the first um, and had to do the same thing with Samuel Dutton on Sunday in both of those games uh, and relied on guys to come in and go early relief. And in that case, ball with it. Jacob Hastie came in Sunday, went four innings, and, and really, you know, again, LSU finally got going and had that 3-1 lead early. But mm-hmm. Hastie did a tremendous job uh, of, of you know, really controlling that game and picking up the victory. Um, so we've seen that a number of times. He's done, I think, just a marvelous job. I, I don't know when the season's all said and done who, you know, the voters will vote as SEC coach of the year. But i got to right. tell you, um, to be right there in the thick of things, right on the heels of Arkansas with six more conference games remaining, uh, based on being able to do it without true starting pitching, uh, for me, and I know I'm biased, but, but I think the job that Jay and his staff have done this year is, is really tremendous when you look at what they've been able to do with the arms they have. And again, they've got good arms. It's just sure. they don't have it in the traditional sense that we're accustomed to seeing it. So instead of being stubborn, they've decided, you know what, we're going to have to put these things together, and sometimes mm-hmm. the order's not going to make a lot of sense. It's not in a traditional way. But we got to find ways to win, and that's what he does. And I don't know that there's a coach out there that I've seen this season that knows a better time when to pull a guy and what guy to go to. Jay has—he's got to have like 99.9% accuracy in those situations. And to me, those are the ones you can always question as a fan or as a media member. And I don't think you can question a lot of the moves he's made. At LSU Tigers Voice, the way to follow Mr. Chris Blair over on Twitter is the voice of the LSU Tigers, and that's where I was going next about the job that he's been able to do because, you know, Chris, in the beginning of the season we talked, right, and there's basketball going on and all this, but, dude, the expectation level on this team with the, the recruits and the talent and all that, that, that's great, and he he said it, right, when he came on the show, and he said it, I'm sure, to you too, and coaches' shows and pregames. It's all great on paper. You have to go out there and do it on the field, and I think one of the best things about good coaches is just coaching on their gut and a lot of times coaching what they see. And that's hard to do, Chris. Sometimes you have, you know, relationships or things of that nature or you don't, you know, you, especially in baseball, confidence is a big thing. How, how am I going to affect this confidence if, as you mentioned, I pull him early or, or I leave him in? But I think that that's a, a good working relationship with its players to understand that, hey, it's not personal, but also the coach that, look, I'm going to coach what I see and how I feel that day, right? It's not always the easiest thing to do. No, it's not. And, you know, there's two things about Jay that really have stood out to me this year. One, you'll notice that most times, there's been a handful of times this season, but more times than not, when he's on his way out there to make a change, there is a conversation uh, between he and the pitcher on the mound. And there's a number of things they talk about. They talk about how you're feeling. 
what do you think about the guy that's up, the situation we're in? You know, he allows the guys to have a voice in it. Uh, ultimately, they don't make the decision. And then Jay will take their input and then we'll say, well, here's why we think we might need to do this or that or this or that. But it's not simply, you know, hey, you're awful, give me the ball, get out of here. It's, it's, it's a very mutually respectful conversation. And it's a learning opportunity for that student athlete, for Jay to say, this is the situation right? Uh, and this is the move we're going to make. And the other reason that he does that and has the respect of his players is I think Jay is a really good example of a modern-day college baseball coach who has more analytics and more info on the other team than you? I mean, it's it's amazing <laughs> the information that he has and the charts right. and graphs they have in the dugout uh, that they put up before every single game. And what Jay believes is that most of the time, that information will tell you exactly what your gut tells you. He says a lot of times, if you just took it strictly on what you know of the game and the situation and what you feel. He said, my experience has been more times than not, that graph's going to agree with you 100%. So he takes all that data. He knows what guy hits from the left side and how many times he goes opposite field versus pulling the baseball. He knows all that. And depending on the situation, I think that helps him be able to make those right decisions that, as you say, are not easy. But I like the fact that the pitchers get to have some conversation in it, uh, and he has a conversation with them. Again, that's something I watch. Started watching early on this season. Uh, you know, fans, I think opposing fans, certainly thought, well, he's out there killing time. But that's not really what's going on. He's out there to, A, see how they're feeling, what their thoughts are in the situation, and then he will relate to them, this is the decision we're going to make. And I just like that. I, I think that gives the players respect, and I think that also uh, lets the player understand that he's making this decision solely based on what's best for this team to find a victory. That's great insight. Thank you, Chris, for that. Um, Ole Miss this weekend, and of course tonight, SLU. A quick preview of the weekend and what to expect tonight. Well, tonight you got a veteran team. You know, the Lions have got a lot of fifth-year players, uh, yeah. and of course Matt Riser, nine seasons over there. It's hard to believe he's been there nine seasons. He still looks like he's twenty-three years old, uh, but he's a well-respected coach. And you know, when you play these games, uh, Southeastern comes in and they want to prove they got a chip on their shoulder. LSU should have recruited me. Uh, they missed out when I came out of high school or whatever the case may be. So, uh, And they're a team that right now is in the heat of the battle of trying to win the Southland Conference, a very competitive league. So, um, you know, Coach Jay has a very high respect uh, for the Lions, and, and that's why he's treating this game just the way he will coming up on Friday when uh, Mike Bianco brings a really newly resurgent Ole Miss team. I mean, five weeks ago they're number one in the country, and then they fell on some hard times. They lost some key players, including the leading hitter who was out for 22 or 23 games. Well, he's back, and he had a monster weekend in the sweep over Missouri. So now Missouri, or rather Ole Miss, over the last two weekends suddenly are playing like a top-ten team. And you throw into the fact that it's one of the great SEC rivalries in college baseball, LSU and Ole Miss, uh, happens to be being played in Baton Rouge. I mean, it's going to be a great weekend. But Jay told me yesterday, I met with him for about 20 minutes, he told me, he said, this may be the toughest home series, honestly, that we've had all year. And that's... Mm. That's, that's, that's pretty serious stuff. But, you know, what's impressive about this team, um, Gus, again, is this past weekend, LSU, 14 of their 21 runs came with two outs wow. in the inning. And that's something they've done all season. But that's nearly 70% of their total runs on the weekend coming with two outs. And that is, to me, one of the trademarks of Jay Johnson's team is that there is no clock. 
there's 27 outs, you get a share of those outs. And even if there's two outs, strike out, ground out, boom, boom, on two pitches or, or three or four pitches, and you've got two outs, they, that doesn't really seem to affect this team. The next and, – and they're, they're just able to use every opportunity at the plate, and they're getting better at that as we get deeper into the season. So I think you got to feel good if you're an LSU baseball fan, where your team is, how they're playing, and where they're headed uh, over the next couple of weeks. As we know, Chris, it's about peaking at the right time and getting hot once the month of May starts and then getting into that SEC tournament and then getting into postseason play. I mean, that's that's where LSU's kind of made their name and kind of looks like we're starting to get there. It's going to be fun. I know you're going to be pumped, ready to get into it this weekend. Got a game tonight, though. Thank you, as always, for your time and that awesome insight. Yeah, man, let's do it again real soon. Thanks for, for sure. having me. Let's do it. At LSU Tigers Voice is the way to follow Mr. Chris Blair over on Twitter. He's the voice of your LSU Fighting Tigers. Corey Glore, the voice of the Green Wave, will join us at 1.30. They're taking on South Alabama. Last time they met, didn't go so well. 8-1. Jags won that game. Tulane trying to also kind of get some good vibes going before they get into conference play. Coming up next, though, we'll open up the phone lines. What do you think of the NBA playoffs and the games last night? Also, the big news in the NFL. This current NFL quarterback just got paid to be an analyst. Talk about that next on ESPN New Orleans. As a leader in the oil and gas industry, Joe Septic Contractors caters to oil field clients offering vacuum truck service for offshore tanks, vessels, or treatment plants containing sewage or gray water. Their rental department offers state-of-the-art offshore portable toilets, also holding tank rentals and portable hand-washing stations. Call Joe Septic Contractors 24-7-985-632-5592. In Cutoff, Thibodeau, Fushaw, Abbeville, and Reserve, or visit their website at joeseptic at viscom.net. Energize your business with Bayou Black Electric Supply in Homa. When you're elbow deep in a job, the last thing you need is to lose time and money fetching electrical supplies. Bayou Black Electric will deliver your items to the job site. There's daily scheduled service throughout South Louisiana, Lafouche, Terrebonne, Morgan City, New Iberia, and Lafayette, plus the River Parishes, too. If you need parts, call Bayou Black Electric Supply, 985-223-8807, Highway 311 in Homa. What would you say you do here? Sports. Sports. All day long. Hello, sports fans. Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. 800-998-1003. Got a pair of questions of the day for you as well that we'd like you to chime in on. You can do so by calling 800-998-1003. Buddy, we'll take your phone calls. You can tweet at us at ESPN Radio NOLA. And a couple of those questions of the day have to do with your Saints and Pelicans. As for the Pels, one week from today. One week from today, we will be watching the NBA Draft Lottery. How different is it? huh? How different is it as opposed in seasons past where we're looking at it and going, oh, great, let's, let's, see, let's see where the Pels will, will select and, you know, try to get some players and kind of help turn things around and become a winning organization and all this other stuff. Well, I tell you, the thing that's interesting is this time around, they got decisions to make and and you got options. And I I don't know if the Pels maybe kind of have an idea. I don't know. I'm I'm not trying to get maybe David Griffin on to spill some, some beans for me, but I don't know. 
if you know exactly what you're going to do, because I think you have to wait. What I mean by that is this. Right now, you're eight, okay? Based off the record, you have that Lakers pick. Now you can be nine or eight, right? You can also get into the top four. Christian Clark, by the way, teased it and has it today on the Advocate and Picayune, a, a article about what do you do with this pick? What do you do? 26%. That is your odds. 20% chance of getting in the top four. You have a 6% chance of the number one overall pick. By the way, 2019, the Pelicans had a 6% chance to get the number one overall pick and got the number one all pick and got Zion Williamson. Now, you can get one through four, or you can get eight and nine most likely. Now, you can fall and slip, but most likely, the, the higher odds that you're going to be eight or nine or one through four. So what do you do? What do you do? Do you keep it if you are in the top four? One, two, three, four. Do you keep it? Do you trade it? Do you trade it if you get the number one overall pick? Do you trade it if you get the number two overall pick? The number three overall pick? Would you, would you trade it? Now, again, part of the reason people would probably say you do that or people have said in the past you do it. And, and I thought so as well to an extent, is because you would be sitting there going, okay, remember, it was, this team needs a veteran point guard, you know, you thought you were going to get this with Devontae Graham, but it didn't turn out to be exactly what you wanted, maybe you do that, but again, as the season played out, as the postseason played out, I feel like maybe those needs or wants and desires maybe changed a bit, a little. Bell still need three-point shooting. You know, shooting you can never have enough of, right? Would you do you agree with me on that? It's like receivers, offensive weapons in football, pitching in baseball. I don't think you can ever have enough shooting. But I do think I'm not in a rush to grab that pick so much as I maybe was earlier. And trade it for a veteran player. Now hear me out. One of the main reasons is because you already have a young team. Where is a young player going to come in and help you do those things? But here's the, here's the caveat. Where is a veteran player going to? I, I already told you my starting lineup here. Like, Herb Jones is starting, right? CJ McCollum is starting, right? Valanchunas is starting, right? Brandon Ingram is starting, right? And Zion Williamson is starting. Are you trading? Are you bringing in a veteran point guard and you're sitting Herb? I don't think you can sit Herb. I don't need to worry about him offensively. I got four guys that can score. He gives me way too much value on the defensive end. Way too smart a player. I think he's going to help everybody on that court. Like, I can't sit Herb Jones down. So, who is this veteran point guard going to come in and play for? Now, that's my opinion. You could sit there and be like, hey, give me a veteran point guard, give me a score, and Herb can come off the bench. I, and I, I would tell you, I think that's nuts. That's me. That's me. 
Because, remember, the last time we saw Zion Williamson play, what did he become? A point guard. Point Zion brought the ball up the court. Now, I'm not saying he needs to do it all the time, but what did we see when the Pelicans' offense was was clicking? What did we see? We saw this team push the ball up with pace. It was B.I. or C.J. that had the ball in their hands. And then even in clutch time, Willie Green actually went to Jose Alvarado. You still have Kyrie Lewis on this team. Like, I, 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 I'm not thinking I need to trade this pick to go get a veteran point guard as much. I'm not saying that you don't if it's the right guy, if you think it's the right fit. I just, I don't know. Cause where is he coming in? When is he playing? Is it situational? Again, now I add Zion who can bring the ball up the court. Dish to BI, dish to CJ, or those three guys can handle the basketball. I don't know. I'm just trying to see what I see. I think if I somehow get in the top four, I'm keeping the pick. Mr. Black, thank you for calling the show, sir. How are you this afternoon? Oh, I'm good, Gus. How are you doing today? Doing well, man. What do you do? What do you do with this draft pick here oh, a you, week from you know, you know, only rich people have that problem. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I know what to do all that money. I love you know what I'm saying? By me personally, I keep it. You got two ball handling your stolen five. Mm-hmm. D.I. and all three can handle the ball. But you know, look, like I told you, get that boy out of Duke, that six, seven, six, ten boy out of Duke. If we get the top four pick and get the Pablo, what's his name? Oh, Paolo Bancaro. Yeah, Paolo yeah, Bancaro. Add him to the mix. <laughs> add him to the mix. And no pressure on him. He coming off the bench. Or he can fill in when yeah. people get hurt. You know what I'm saying? So, and plus, he can help us. I tell you, I'll say this, Mr. Black. I'll say this, Mr. Black. There's only one player that I would consider kind of, you know, switching some minutes here and things like it. Jabari Smith. Jabari Smith from Auburn is a guy that literally you can start your team with. Like he's, he's good. He's either one or two in a lot of different uh, players. Now, uh, Jaden Ivey, 6'4", 195, Purdue. Point guard, shooting guard. I think yeah, if you yeah. if if you get the one or two pick, you're gonna have a lot of people offering you things. So I think you listen, you consider, you probably look at it. Or again, that that's my. Do you keep or do you look? I depends on what they're offering. Right, exactly. You know, look, yeah, I'm not married. Yeah, and yeah, here yeah. here's what I'm saying too. When I say young player, like it's Jabari Smith or or you know. Ivy or another point guard, something like that. Am I married? How married am I to Kyra Lewis? How married am I to those guys? If these guys might be, little, again, it just depends where you get it. I just think you have so many more yeah. options. I don't know what to do with this. This is weird. This is a weird place, Mr. Black. That's, normally, that's <laughs> normally I'm sitting here <laughs> praying to get the top pick because we stink. Now I'm sitting here going, yes. now, now I have a headache because I don't know what to do with the pick. That's <laughs> what they do with that stock market. I know you've been watching the stock go up and down. They don't know what to do with the 500. They don't know what to do with the Bitcoin now. That, I'm just saying, we just sit there and wait. We'll have to the draft day. When draft day comes and we decide we want to take all these picks from somebody else for the future and add a, a player to with they, with the picks they're going to give us, you know, we can do that. It depends on what we want to be at right now. You know, we just sit back and relax and just kick our feet up in the off. You know what I'm saying? Just sit back and relax. Business running good right now with the Pelican. We can't complain. Everything mm-hmm. looking good. We got young blood. We got one good veteran. We got a couple of superstars. To me, I think they all saw. 
they are and B.I. and McCullough. They, they're some superstars. We got a big man. You might want to add a big man, but we could get him down to, in a, you know what I'm saying, free age. But, you know, other than that, man, we just sit back and relax and enjoy this. It's like this day, Greeny. Greeny was saying on his radio station, after Phoenix and Golden State, when they they getting old, when they're out there, they say New Orleans one of the best teams coming up. And then if we add Zion to that, we'll be all right. He'll ball hammer, like you said. So why just sit back and enjoy this moment? Man, how many times are we going to get this moment just to enjoy it? Everybody looking at us. You know, just enjoy it. <laughs> you know? No. Dude, I, 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 I'm with smile you. Every day. I want to smile at this moment. You know, another reason, another reason to smile, Mr. Black, we'll be back at Francesca's Deli so you can literally honk right in front of us. So you can park right in front of us Oh yeah, on Thursday. Yeah, I'm going to do that this time. I couldn't make it. I said I had to go to Houston. So no, I, I missed uh, the other one. So I, I, I hear you. I yeah, hear my, you. my wife, my wife, you know, women's day, something, you know how they go. I don't know why you made plans for the weekend because you're going with me to Houston. All right. <laughs> so that's how that works. <laughs> Yeah, Mr. Black, I, I don't, I, I always like to say I, I have things to do, but I, I, I know now, I know now, 10 years this July, but I, I'm, I'm very aware. Before I make plans, I ask. <laughs> I, I ask, A, I have a horrible memory, so I probably forget a lot of things, and B, just to make sure, just to make sure. Ben, got anything we need to do? <laughs> just let me know. Just, just let me know. Actually, we got, um, I would take I it say, like, I would take it up. Dude, I, we got something like three weeks ago because we had so many things going on. We got literally one of those magnetic things for the fridge that has a calendar by the day, by the month, and then it has a notes section. We literally have it. I got so, one. My hey, one to Mr. Black, the kiss principle. Keep it simple, stupid. All I have to do now is yeah. walk to the fridge and read. That's all I have to do. <laughs> she writes everything down on there. She writes when's an appointment, who's picking up the kid, what do I need at the grocery. It's all there. I, I love it. That's that's why she's an MVP for me. I just she made it real easy. She just maybe she got tired of it, but it's just simple. All I gotta do is read. All I gotta do is read. I got you on that, but see, I thought you know, sad it was out weekends all. We're going to just sit around the world doing tours, get the street cars and stuff like go. that. And nice. come visit and stuff. Yeah, that's what I normally like to do with my wife, you know. It's just be a tourist in my own city. Sounds hey, good. I don't know. We're going to Houston. We're going to shop. And then going to talk about some stuff in Turkey. You ever had that out there in Houston? Stuff, uh, turkey good legs, stuff, man. Like good that? stuff. Stuff all tur- turkey, turkeys, tur- Duncan stuff, chickens, all that other stuff. Mr. Black, got to hit the break, man. Thank yeah. you for the phone call, bud. Maybe see you Thursday. You know, maybe I'll be there. Right. I got to work. I like it. There it is. There you yeah, go. Have a good one. Sounds good. Same thing. Quick break. We come back. Jack, I will go to you right out of the break. It's the Sports Hangover on ESPN New Orleans. Home Health Services in South LaFouche are vital right now. Look no further than Lady of the Sea Home Health for the sick, the elderly, and the homebound. Our caring staff makes each day a little brighter, a little better. With quality health care and warm, genuine support, you and your loved ones are the most comfortable, content, and independent in your own home. Speak to your physician today about Home Health Services from Lady of the Sea. Call 985-632-6900 for more information. Quality health care locally for you. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. 
The bottom line about the quarterback situation is because they're so important, and there are only so many of them that are actually elite. Either you have one or you don't. So what happens when someone doesn't have one? They start squinting and seeing what they want to see. Daniel Jones, yeah, he can run and he can throw. So they start seeing what they want to see. That's why the Mitchell Trubisky thing was all right, because based on what was available for them, they went out and got the most athletic guy. They How's that look now? GJ and Max, mornings on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. Hey there, I'm Lance Bass, and this is Chip. For more than 100 years, American Humane has been on the front lines protecting animals in times of crisis. From Pearl Harbor to 9-11, the California wildfires, and the coronavirus pandemic, American Humane Rescue has provided life-saving assistance for animals in virtually every major national disaster. If you're anything like me, your pets mean the world to you. And if disaster strikes, you want to keep them safe. To prepare for an oncoming disaster, ensure your pet has secure and up-to-date identification. And if you must evacuate, remember to take your disaster preparedness kit with you. To learn more about disaster planning and how to keep your best friends safe, please visit AmericanHumane.org. Good afternoon. Let's hit it. Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. 800-998-1003. What you got? What would you do with the NBA draft pick? One week from today, the draft lottery will be in the evening before one of those playoff games, the first one. Do you keep it in the top four? Do you trade it in the top four? If you're eight, do you keep it? Or do you trade it if you're eight or nine? Jack, give me a little insight, sir. What are you doing? Well, well, Gus, um, I had a couple of questions, but I got a question. Well, first, uh, about that. About that, did, Does the free agency period happen before or after the draft? It's after. NBA draft and in free agency. Okay. Wow. Don't you think they know that right? You know, you fill in your spots and then you go to the draft. Anyway, I think, I think I'm not sure what they're going to do with the pick. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it depends on what they do with free agency. You know, like if they move a couple of guys, you know, they're going to have different needs. And so, yeah, I don't know. Um, but, but, but Gus, I had a, uh, I had a, well, first of all, me, Mr. Black beat me to it. Greening is throwing out all kind of Pelican love this morning, especially to Brandon Ingram. Mm-hmm. He, he was very excited about all the possibilities we have here in New Orleans. <laughs> so. Oh, you got to love it, yeah. man. You got to love it, dude. But, you know, but you know what? He was saying that three months ago. He's not. He's not late to the party. Right. He, he was always that. You know. He always thought. Yeah. Um. But uh, the question I have for you is: when when they uh, re up with with Zion, do you think there's going to be a playing time component to the contract? Like you know, so, I mean, does he have to be healthy for a certain amount of games? Okay. So that that's the stipulation, right? That you would think that's going to happen. I saw some reports. Even in the last week that the Pels were still playing last week, that and I didn't really touch on it because it was one or two different reports. But that, I think it will be approached. I don't know if he signs that, and and that's something that we can discuss and talk about when that happens, or we can do that now because I feel I completely would understand the club putting in parameters, right? Where and I think I I played a soundbite about this as well from Brian Windhorst as well. 
it can get up to 229 million. It can get up to 229 million. Actually, Andrew Lopez said this to us last week that it could start at 98 and get up to 181. It could get up to 229 if you put performance enhancers or not, not performance enhancers, but, um, things like if you make the all NBA team and things of that nature, right? And, if you can do that, then he eventually can get up over that five-year period to 229. It's 181, I believe is what it is. But it could start at 98 if you don't hit performance markers is what I think Andrew was explaining. Meaning, after so many games, okay, you know, you play more than 30 games, you get another 10 million. If you, you know, make it to January, you do like, so I, I think it is. The amount of games, I think that's something that the club probably would like to do, would want to do. I just don't know if I'm Zion, I'm doing that, um, or he will be advised to do that or not do that. It's still 90 something million dollars guaranteed, but I'm just telling you, like, if I'm a player and I'm an agent, I'm like, no, I want the thing fully guaranteed. If I'm the club, I'm probably putting some stuff in there. But here's the question, Jack. Do you, do you, do you chance that the negotiations get contentious? Do you chance he just says, you know what? If that's how you're sticking to it, don't worry about the extension and uh, we'll talk and I'm a free agent, which he can absolutely do. So that's where I'm thinking, Jack. I'm like, look, you have the narrative change. You have the vibes as good as it's ever been. You legitimately have a very good basketball team. I, I think with him, who knows how good you can be? Do, do you risk, do you risk, you know, sticking or even approaching that conversation? Like, do you even do it? Do you even do it and then have them go, here we go, here we go. So this is how you view us, and this, you know, I'm just saying: Do you even risk that, or do you just eat it as the club? Do you just sit there and say, you know what, things haven't gone well. There's been mistrust. Things are much better. You know, Zion, here's a contract, 181 guaranteed, five year extension. Here's a pen. Me, I'm probably doing that because I know he got injured. I know he's been injured. And I know there's been questions about that. But what's different to me is I think you have a head coach in place. You have players on this team in place. And maybe it's sunk in and maybe there's a maturity level to it that, that's gotten better. So I, I just, me, I don't know if I risk even having that conversation. You know, I think I just, here's the sheet of paper. Here's a pen. Let's get to work. I, I here's my and and Jack and make that your last, you know, your your last, not gas, but just hey, I am I am all in. I am buying in on you. I believe in you. I love you. You're my guy. Let's do it. And then if it doesn't work and he gets injured and he doesn't stay in shape, then that's a him problem and you eat it. I mean, I, I hear you. That's the risk. I just wonder what risk is more. Do you risk going to him and going, I will give you 181, but you have to hit this many games. You have to do this. You have to stay healthy. If you get injured and miss this many games, then we're not paying you that. I, I just don't know where 
if, if that's worth it, Jack, because it's already been a, a, a relationship where the player, his, his family, his side, his representatives, and David Griffin haven't seen eye to eye per reports. So I, I just wonder now, you know, you got Lee Anderson, his dad going, we love New Orleans. We love the Pelicans. You got Zion saying, I talked to Willie. What you need me to do? I just think if I'm David Griffin, here's a sheet of paper. Here's a pen. 181. Five years. Sign it. I, I, that's me. What do you do, Jack? No, Gus, I mean, I, I know you're right, but I mean, these concerns don't come from nowhere. He's no, I, the 100%. Game the best. 100%. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he's played a third of the games he's, he's been available for. And look, just so I'm not just picking on Zion, I wouldn't hand James Harden another $150 million well, either. I, dude, because, same thing with Kyrie Irving. He, yeah, he's, Kyrie Irving's another one. Are you, are you, Kyrie Irving, I think, is 245. Or something like that. I think his extension could be 245. I'm not giving Kyrie Irving 245. Not, not, not because he can't play. He's incredible. I just don't know when he wants to come to work. Like, I just, I'm just being honest. Like, I don't know if I'm doing that, you know? Um, I think Zion's younger. And, and again, I think Zion, it, it's more of a, are you in? Are you invested? Are you getting into it? And, and, and maybe, you know, it's just a, a show of faith. I, I, you're not wrong. You're, you're not wrong, Jack. And, and I think that's why you heard Windhorst. You've heard a lot of players that cover the league say the Pelicans likely will try to put escalators or performance matching to, you know, markers rather to, to hit more money if you want it. I, I just don't know if I do it. That's me. I, but you know, hey, Gus, I, I can see both ways, man. Uh huh. Gus, I'll make this quick. Um, well, uh, I, like I said, I don't want to just pick on Zion. I think when when the next CBA comes up, I think the NBA needs to do something about uh, these star players missing all these games. You can't expect people to pay all of this money for season tickets and have these guys not playing. It's just not right. You know, if they're legitimately injured, that's one thing. Mm-hmm. But but just to miss all of the games that, that they're missing, they really need to do something about it. But um, just to add to that, that is something that a lot of sound bites we've played on the show the last two weeks. That is something that is a topic, and it's something that David Silver is going to have to address and 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 try to do. You know, again, and, and it's not even the Zion clause; it's, it's the Kyrie Irving clause. You know, guy didn't play, well, still got paid. Well, Ed Simmons, I, things of that nature. I, so yeah, it's something that they're definitely going to have to address. Yes, you're right. No, it's not just that. And look quickly about about Tom Brady. Um, and, and I'll say this: I'll say the same for all these players. If they're willing to uh, criticize what they see legitimately, I don't mean pick on people. Actually, uh, say what they see. I'm fine with them doing the game. I, I just, you know, if they're not willing to talk about what they see, then I don't want to see them. I don't want them doing the game. That's good. Jack, as always, appreciate the phone call. Hey. But Jack is talking about right. Tom Brady. Sign a 10-year, $375 million deal with Fox Sports to be their lead analyst and ambassador. You heard me. 10 years, 375 for when he retires. When he retires, he's going to Fox. Hour 2 next on ESPN New Orleans. Spring is finally here. At Greg LeBlanc Toyota in Homa, we're ready with truckloads of fresh inventory arriving daily, plus fantastic deals like the all-new redesigned 2022 Toyota Tundra.